So, just a little food for thought here, nothing special. Regarding attorneys and their capacity to bring any claim. But before we begin, let's just go through some basic things. Because some of the things that we're going to be speaking about is going to be from a website called Wikipedia. For those who doubt the validity of information on Wikipedia, let's just look at some basics. The word wiki just means hurry, fast, quick. So it has two two things, prefix and suffix. Wiki being the prefix, pedia being the prefix, I mean suffix. So the base means quick, which is wiki, and suffix, pedia, meaning relating to learning. So Wikipedia is a venue meant for learning, and if you doubt its validity, always go to the bottom and it will always give you reference so instead of you reading these what 25 different books journals public records it summarizes it to you in one page hence the name wiki pedia now that that is out of the way, regarding attorneys, oftentimes you will see that attorneys within your public courts or alleged public courts are called state attorneys, regardless of whether it's a county court, municipal court, whatever the name of the court is, which oftentimes figure out whether it's a, it's a court of record or not based on what your constitution tells you. But let's just take an, an instance, for example, Cook County, one of the largest counties at North America. It tells you, and this applies to all, all other attorneys, regardless of what county they're in, so it's just an example. So Cook County, a uh, state attorney functions as a state attorney. It's, it functions as a state of Illinois district attorney for Cook County, Illinois. That is a mouthful. On one hand, it tells you state of Illinois, it tells you district attorney, and it tells you Cook County, Illinois. It's telling you that a state attorney is someone who acts as state of Illinois district attorney for the county I want you to go ahead and look at what a district attorney is it tells you that a district attorney is basically the chief prosecutor that represents the US state in a local government right here it gives it distinguishes its two different body politic and the first one is U.S., 
The second one being the local government. That local government is typically the county. So that's two different entities. So now you have someone representing the U.S. inside of a county. In other words, this state attorney belongs to the U.S., but they are doing business within the county. Ultimately, the fidelity, their fiddle, the, you know, their loyalty is to the United States. The question you have to ask now is: Whenever these prosecutors, public defenders, or state attorneys, whenever they come at you in any case, they always come on behalf of the state. Even though we've just made it very clear. That they are they are of the U.S. But the state itself is a separate entity, just as the county is. Illinois, Missouri, Connecticut, they are their own body politic. But state attorneys exist on behalf of the United States. So that should raise a red flag. When you look at your state constitutions... It uses this word, the people of whatever state you're in. When you look at any suit that's being brought against you, whether you get a ticket, whatever the situation may be, most of the time it's going to be the people of whatever the state is. It's a jurisdiction of its own. So if a state attorney belongs to the U.S., why are they coming in the name of the people of Illinois? And most importantly, why is this local government, which is a separate jurisdiction from the U.S., why is it allowing a U.S. attorney to come in and prosecute in the name of the state. Just a question. Another question is the title that they carry. We all know lawyers carry the title Esquire. That is an English term. Which comes from squire, which is basically a right-hand man of a king or a knight. There's a king's apprentice, a knight's apprentice, excuse me. Later, a village leader or lord of the manor might be called a squire. So, it's a form of title of nobility. Yes, title of nobility was, you know, prohibited by the 
United States Constitution and in some state constitution also. So on top of all on top of all those previous questions, why is a foreign title holder coming to your county bringing claims against you? Another question is they never have the ability to prove that they are contractors with the state, whatever state of whatever is that they're saying they're talking on behalf of, they can't prove that they have the standing to speak on behalf of that entity. They try to put a notice of appearance, but a notice of appearance just so it just shows their attorney license number and that they've been admitted to practice in a court. That is insufficient to show your standing or capacity to speak on behalf of the alleged plaintiff state of whatever the state is. Where is their agreement between the state of for this ex esquire to come in and sue another motherfucker? Just a question. So they are third parties. That notice of appearance only shows their fidelity to the court that, hey, I'm an officer of the court. And that notice of appearance that shows that you're an, they're an officer of the court actually kind of hangs them. Because now that judge is also an officer of the court and that's conflict of interest. So now that begs the question of their capacity. The only capacity, if they cannot prove that there's a contract between them and the plaintiff. For instance, if you want to hire an attorney, you're going to sign an agreement with them. That's what validates their capacity to speak on your behalf. And even then, there's certain things they can't speak on your behalf. You have to take the witness stand. So that means automatically there's a presumption that these attorneys are acting as witness in the case. But the question is witness for who? But let's put that to the side for a moment and go to the fact that they call themselves counsels or retained counsel. So a retained counsel is someone who gives legal advice in a legal proceeding. So if there's no evidence of agency, meaning an agreement on behalf of the plaintiff, state of whatever, then that means they're given witness on behalf of one or two parties. Either the state of, or they're given witness to the judge, or on behalf of the judge, who's making the final determination of what whether something is right or wrong. You see what's wrong with this? Everything is wrong about this. If the attorney cannot prove that they have an agreement with the state of, that gives them the standing and capacity to come in as the counsel on behalf of the state of, then they're just volunteers or they're acting as a witness. 
That's how they do. They're just putting paperwork in and saying, hey, this is what happened. This guy can't do this. This guy did that. I have this paper. I have this. But they have no firsthand knowledge nonetheless. In order for them to be a witness, they have to qualify to be a witness or else you can impeach them. Nothing is admissible unless they take oaths. Now, we know the acting judges take oaths to the state and the federal constitution, which is the United States. What about attorneys? They don't take oaths to the state constitution, as far as we know. And even if they do, they don't present that into evidence. So no one can take judicial notice of it. And nine out of ten times when you look at the documents, they never make any affirmations at the end of it or at the beginning. So you can disqualify and impeach them as a witness right off the bat right there. Because that's the only thing that it appears that they're acting as. And oftentimes you have the judge speaking as though they're the witness. And then when you go in there, the judge, you and the judge going back and forth. At that point, the judge is not being a neutral third party. The judge is acting as a witness. And this is the Illinois Supreme Court uh, Federal Rules of Evidence. So the federal, the, um, excuse me, the state's rule of evidence is determined by the Supreme Court of the state. I don't know how it is in another state, but in Illinois, it is issued and determined and modified by the Supreme Court. And that Supreme Court decision tells you that the judge presiding at the trial may not testify in the trial as a witness. It is undisputable. So no objection needs to be made in order to preserve this point. Because it is presumed that the judge ought to be a neutral third party. So if the judge is supposed to be the neutral third party, that the two adverse parties, the plaintiff, the defendant, are going to, to balance the scale, then how can the judge ever be a neutral third party if the attorney is an officer of the court? Meaning there's a professional interest most judges in all states are lawyers. That attorney is also a lawyer. So they have professional interests. And if you dig deep enough, you see that there's monetary and pecuniary interest also. So these are just little things that are very subtle But plays a huge role and you can really use it and it will stick to them. And I guarantee you when you bring this up, they will try to act dumb about it or make you look stupid. But if you bring these evidence in and these foundational things, these basic common sense things, simple. It's not long-winded. It states it straight up. And bring your state constitution in regarding obligations of contract and right to be secured in your papers in effect. And stick it to that attorney and request that it presents standing a capacity to speak on behalf of the state of whatever. And if your state constitution has a clause regarding title of nobility, bring that up. And oftentimes you will find that. Oh, and by the way, yes, you can impeach them. So just once you really do, you know, once you introduce the, the substantive fact and truth, 
move to impeach them. But once you start digging well enough, you realize that there are certain things that they do that's illegal and unlawful. And part of it is called vexatious litigation. Meaning when you knowingly do something, you know it's not right, yet you do it anyway. How do you know lawyers know that it's not right for them to come in without proof of standing or capacity? Well, they're professionals, right, in legal matters. So hold that against them so they know better. And that acting judge knows better because he or she has sworn an oath to your state or federal constitution. So they know better. So look into vexatious litigation and whatever state you were in, there's so I don't know whether it's called the exact same thing, but In Illinois, it's called simulated legal process. A person commits simulated legal process when he or she issues or delivers any document which he or she knows falsely purports to be or simulates any civil, civil or criminal process. What is the meaning of simulate, simulated or simulated? It's colorable, something quasi. And most of these courts will let you know that they are quasi-courts. Like they will have the verbiage quasi-criminal on the face of their I-bonds or whatever paper. They, they don't hide it. So now you have some volunteer third party coming in, delivering papers, filing papers, which there's a reasonable expectation that he or she knows better. They're simulating legal process. Now, here's a Ballantine's 1916 Lord Dictionary. And it basically lets you know that to simulate something is to engage in counterfeit or to pretend. It's the same thing as being colorable or being quasi. So they qualify under all these things. All you have to do is just stop for a moment and just pay attention to these foundational things. And you will realize that just as they try to say, oh, well, there's some technical things that you don't do. So we're going to dismiss your claim because of this, even though clearly you were injured. But they dismissed it based, based on technicalities. But these basic things can be entertained before even starting anything. And these can be incorporated into your jurisdictional or constitutional challenge. Because this is not affording you due process. None of these are affording you due process. Just a full for thought. Just keep that in mind next time something happens and these attorneys starts coming in and speaking with great confidence. You have to stop them on their tracks. And usually they will have a international standard lawyer number too. Find that, put it into the case. The judges would also have a bio on their website or somewhere in the internet. Find that, find that lawyer bio of their law school that they went to, take pictures of that, 
put it in through judicial notice. Take the lawyer credential of that attorney, state attorney, prosecutor, put it right under that, and I have them take judicial notice of lack of impartiality and conflict of interest. And then impeach that bastard. Move for them to be impeached. Put it into a form of affidavit of truth. Whatever it is you want to do, whatever you know how to do, do that. And introduce these, your, your state rules of evidence. So there are many ways you can stick it to these people. And they bank in the fact that you don't know these. But it's out here. It's clearly out here. It's not hidden. Put it to use. You have the advantage. They don't. 